Last week, we talked about how ignoring the Delta variant cost us millions of dollars, how not taking some profits in hotels, airlines, cruise lines, casinos over the past month and a half was a mistake. During that live stream on Friday, I talked about the possibility of selling all of the travel stocks that I bought in the fall, and I did end up selling all of those stocks, and it turns out that was a good call because yesterday the travel stocks got killed. They are back up a little today, perhaps a bit of an overcorrection. Today, we are starting the process of building back the gains that we let get away. We're going to reveal the $3 million worth of trades that Chris made yesterday, some long, some short, and we're gonna talk about what Jordan and I are doing with our portfolios to be prepared for the Delta variant. We are Dumb Money. Three friends who turned $30,000 into $30 million using nothing more than Twitter and a zero commission trading account. The suits that work on Wall Street, they call those people the smart money. That's not us. Our goal is to help level the playing field for everyday investors. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. We are the only live stream on YouTube where three dudes share the good, the bad, and the ugly of our actual portfolios. And if you like what we do here, there really is only one way to show your appreciation. We don't have courses to sell. The only thing we have is a free like button. It really does need your attention. So thank you for doing that this morning. Today, we are revealing the $3 million of trades. And for a sense of scale, our combined portfolios are worth over $50 million, I think. I think we're still around that level. But after last month, who knows? While you're all smashing the like button, just in case you missed what we talked about last week on Friday, here's a short recap of what we said some of the stocks that I bought back on November 9th, that was when Pfizer announced that their vaccine was more than 90% effective. We made $12 million worth of stock trades that day, mainly buying airlines, hotels, casinos, cruise lines, that sort of thing. Should we call it a new wave? It is. And I'm not happy, Dave. As you mentioned, I'm down millions. I've pulled my leverage down to like 45%. I think yeah. I'm going to actually just reverse all of the trades that I made November 9th. What am I doing? Oh, I'm glad you asked. I'm still holding on to my Southwest Airlines. Except that, again, there's just a perception trade here, right? You are being killed today? I'm still not even 10% from my all-time high. Yeah. I'm 2% off my all-time high. I am pretty far off from my all-time high. So Chris, Jordan, I am out of all but two travel stocks. I'm uh, completely out of margin. I have about a million dollars sitting in cash now, which is very rare for me. So before we talk trades, I want to know how you two are positioned margin-wise right now. I feel I've got like about I need twice to... as much cash as you do, Dave. Um, and I'm, okay. I'm, man, yesterday, I was really wanting to make some purchases. I almost bought some more XLE. I almost bought some more Love. And I almost bought some Boeing. But I didn't do it. I was thinking we were going to get a little bit more you know, red today. So I missed out on some. And that was the question. We didn't know it, it was, was it a buy, was it like buy the dip or was this right. the beginning of the end? Is the bottom falling out and Delta taking over? Chris, where are you? Uh, first of all, Jordan, I'm sorry. About, I, watching that reel from earlier this week, I'm sorry if I didn't ask you. <laughs> I just, I was so out of it, dude. I, no, no, I, I just forgot like, you, you were in there. Yet, and I'm like, you know what? I, I've got something funny I can do, and I took a risk. <laughs> I sometimes, you know, I just ignore Jordan over there, well, man. And I, I went back and watched God. the replay, and right out of the gate, when I said Chris Jordan, Jordan started talking. But he was muted, and so you hear, you see him moving, but yeah. no, neither of us could hear, and I didn't notice that your mouth was moving on the uh, on the on the monitor. And then somebody commented when I did that; they were like, "Jordan doesn't like Chris," and I'm like, "I love Chris. I think Chris is awesome." So, <laughs> Big group hug. Well, we're friends, and we like to give each other a hard time. And that's what friends do. Exactly. Okay, dude. As I said last time, I was a 95% margin for the past few months. 90. 
95% margin. Do you have any idea how insane it is to be 95% margin? Okay. Oh, by I don't way, think I've ever been that insane. No, no. 95% margin in volatile stocks where when the market moves 1%, these stocks move 4%, meaning if you, you lose 8%, okay? On a 1% market day, you lose 8%. So listen, I sold about 7 or $8 million off of my positions. And I, I brought my margin all the way down. Get ready for this. My charitable foundation is down to like under 10% margin. Uh, my personal portfolio was down to 28-ish percent margin from 95%. So I'm just going to say this. I slept well last night. I slept better than I slept in a long time. Uh, I didn't even realize how high my margin had been and it had been floating there until I started seeing those hits last week. So I, as a social arb trader, because that's what we are, right? I do not like markets that are volatile because when the macro is moving, that could impact my individual trades, regardless of whether or not I'm right about the social arb piece of information that I'm trading. So I prefer a market that's flat as a social arb trader. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is not a good thing. I saw yesterday coming last week. I'm so glad we did that show on Friday because I'm like, I got to bring this margin down. So yesterday, my account was basically more or less even yesterday on that, on that 900 point move. When it, when it was down 900 points, I was more or less even, okay? Now, I did make some trades Friday and yesterday morning that are short-term trades uh, specific to this Delta variant, about $3 million of trades on top of the $8 million that I withdrew for my account to bring my margin down. And yes, I sold off everything. I sold off most of my recovery stocks. I brought all my stock positions down. So yeah, TAP, those are asking about TAP, Molson Cores. I brought my TAP position down meaningfully, but it's still the largest position in my portfolio, okay? But let's talk about the trades on the Delta variant, guys, because this Delta variant, as we said last week, is the real deal. It's meaningful. It's a needle mover. If for nothing else, perception and consumer behavior, it, we're not saying the world's going to shut down again, no. but this will modify consumer behavior. And you know what else it will modify? It will modify the way corporates make decisions and their ability to add confidence to their guidance. Okay. And I think a big part of why Molson Coors did not increase guidance last week um, is because they saw the Delta variant. They knew the impact that that might have on Europe, okay, and on big stadiums and on big events. And they just, it, this is not the environment to be increasing guidance. It not throws the new unknowns out there into the world. And that is why, and we had the question from Tammy about why, why did I resell the recovery stocks? It, they seemed like they hit rock bottom prices. They're already back up today. I sold because we don't know where we're going with the Delta variant. And if you think back to March of 2019 or 2020, I don't I don't see that happening again because I, I think that we now have a vaccine. We now have all of these a little bit better prediction of, of how things are playing out. And we're already seeing numbers start to go down in the UK. But it's the unknown. It's the uncertainty that makes me not want to be in those recovery stocks, the bounce back travel stocks, particularly right now. Okay, and Tammy says, Chris, I hear you, but I strongly believe Delta is already absorbed into the price. Well, well, Tammy, maybe that's correct, but understand something. The way that I trade, I do not thread the needle, 
okay? If, if I just won't do it, all right? The only reason I was 95% margin is because I had absolute confidence. I was so confident that the recovery was going to be bigger and stronger and last longer and pop back quicker and harder than anybody was anticipating. And I knew that. I knew it in my soul. Okay. And so you tripled that, down on that yes. thesis. And when you see the thesis not possibly hitting quite as big and fast and hard as you thought, you wanted to pull back. To pull back. You're well, still no, long. The Delta variant is new news. Now, if you ask me, Chris, today, how do you feel about the recovery, which is such a big part of my summer thesis, I would say, I think the recovery is still going to be stronger and bigger. It might take a little longer for it to start to ramp up. We might have some peaks and valleys dependent upon psychology and the Delta variant and how it plays out in the news and the Olympics. And then and so that, and that's one of the things fall, on my mind, like right now right. we're, we're in a news cycle where yesterday morning I wake up to hear that one of the uh, US Olympic gymnasts test positive today I wake up to hear that there's I believe it was a volleyball play like we're gonna get these news stories that just remind people the volleyball player uh, was apparently fully vaccinated and yet still uh, tested positive for uh, COVID and so we're in this news cycle where every time you hear that, that is that yeah they're testing positive but they had traveled they were feeling fine the only reason they even know that they got it the vaccination is helping because they didn't get sick, right? They got yeah. tested as a precautionary measure, and that's how they found out that they were infected. And because Not of the, because they the, had to go the long incubation period, there's, you know, you, you could have got it, before, you know, from the airport and then tested positive 12 days later, right? So I was reading a doctor that uh, believed that there could be as short as like a, like a 30 to 50 hour incubate, incubation period for this Delta variant. I don't think that's confirmed. There's no science behind it yet, but there's a few anecdotal cases that it might be quicker in this new variant. And they're testing yeah. more in, in Tokyo than they're testing anywhere oh, in the world sure. right now. So sure. you're going to be hearing that. But, but that's my point is the news cycle is going to have another positive, another positive, another positive. And that is going to potentially spook the market. I'm still long. I still have all but a million dollars in the market on long positions on stocks yeah. but i didn't I'm, I'm no longer in margin and i'm no longer in travel stocks and that's it except for two i, I kept two i have airbnb and uh what's the beach one playa yeah i cut my airbnb in half and i cut my playa by 40 percent. and i still have airbnb and playa and i have a ton of molson cores which is a huge recovery stock but guys the thesis hasn't necessarily changed it's just gotten stretched out and there's a little bit uncertainty related to timing and perception and how it plays out and how quickly it plays out over time meaning i don't have the degree of confidence around timing that I'm comfortable having 95% margin, okay? So understand some guys, I'm still 28% margined out, okay? I still fully long plus 28%, okay? Fully long plus 28%, just not fully long plus 95%. Here's the thing though, um, I spent a lot of time the last few days trying to extract is there a clean trade here on Delta variant? What is the cleanest pure trade that I can extract short term out of this Delta variant news cycle, okay? And I went through every theoretical trade. I mean, guys, I went through every sector, I spent tons of time on analysis, and I came out with one trade that I think is the cleanest, and it's a long trade on Delta variant. And I love this because 
I feel like it's a trade that I just don't necessarily see how it unravels quickly unless there's one piece of news that's government related that could unravel. And I'll explain that. So let me tell you the largest trade I made. Well, not necessarily, but the most meaningful trade I made in that $3 million of trades. And I made it over the last week. Uh, and I've been, I actually started about a week and a half ago and I, I went deeper into it on Friday. And then I went even deeper into it on the open yesterday morning. And the thesis is this, um, we have Delta variant. We can debate all day long the degree that Delta variant is go the impact that Delta variant will have on the recovery trade. Okay. We can debate that for months and months and months. I think the one thing that is undebatable is that the Delta variant has increased the awareness and appreciation for getting vaccinated. Would we not all agree on that? I mean, this if you were on the fence a month ago, you are not on the fence today. And in fact, today, look at all the stories about Delta variant coming out. Jordan, I would agree with you that all the news media, all of the news flow is it's big, it's bad, but man, if you're not vaccinated, it's really bad. If you're vaccinated, you're probably fine. Probably fine. Not 100%, but you're probably fine. I mean, this is like the ultimate marketing camp. Delta variant was like designed by the vaccine producers, I think. They're like, That's what so, do we need this? Whoa, what's the stuff? Delta variant, what's the stuff? Right? That's it's Moderna. I now am in seven figures. I am now in seven figures on Moderna. And man, is that trade working out for me the last couple of days? I mean, it, I mean, listen, it worked out beautifully because I was trying, I ran scenarios. What we do on this show is we try to have a prepared mind and we do scenario modeling. And we did a lot of this last year when, when the pandemic hit, we ran through every theoretical scenario on every trade that we did. So we understood the risk factors of each trade. And so I've been running scenarios on Moderna. What would potentially move the stock back? What would be uh, you know, a tailwind for this stock as the news flow changes and evolves over the next few weeks to a couple of months? And there's really only one, one uh, likely or, or possible scenario that could impact Moderna in a really negative way. And I'll discuss that in a second. But almost every other scenario I looked at was to the benefit of Moderna. I just don't see how they lose in this news cycle. And that's exactly what we've seen yesterday and we continue to see today. I mean, guys, the booster shot, right? You see a lot of media today about the booster shot. And by this, a two-edged sword, this booster shot, okay? Because that's the one piece of news flow that if the government, they've already come out and said, hey, they're, gonna, they're, go, they're analyzing the data, they're closely working with the vaccine manufacturers, they're gonna, they're gonna see how the data plays out, they're gonna see how the existing vaccine wanes or if it, if it remains in your system, and they will make their final determination based on the data, okay? And if they come out and they're like, hey, this vaccine is so strong, the initial one that there's just no need for a booster, that would definitely negatively impact Moderna. That's the big risk in this trade. But here's the catch. I don't think that decision is going to be made in the next few weeks, okay? Uh, the next three to six weeks. So as long as I don't think that that decision is going to be made in this trade window, it's really not a risk for me. So I just need to make my decision to get out of Moderna at some point before that decision is made, unless 
I think the data is moving in a direction to where it seems like the government is going to support boosters. And if they support boosters, it's a rocket ship for Moderna, right? We are theoretically talking about boosters. It could be in perpetuity, right? Depending on how these variants, uh, you know, continue to to kind of uh, come into the world. Jordan, would if you were a betting man, and I'm, you're not, but if you were... Would you say that the Delta variant is the last major variant, or will we get other major variants for uh, COVID that will be like? I mean, that's the thing. We already we already see there's tons of variants, right? And it's just which one's going to catch hold um, and take off, and we don't know any of that yet. So yeah, I mean, I could I could see more variants taking off for sure. So for question um, from Nick: Why Moderna and not Pfizer? You know what? Um, I'm not. I'm not, I don't have an issue with Pfizer. I picked Moderna because it is a clear, pure play on this vaccination trade. It's, yeah, it's look, probably Pfizer hasn't purest. responded as much to um, the vaccine you know, news in general as Moderna has. And so I think that's probably the right play. Well, I listen, it's because just look at the revenue lines, right? I mean, yeah. Moderna is is the pure play here, right? So if, if you want the pure play, it's Moderna, right? Uh, there yeah. are like, I'm not a fundamental analyst. I am not going to get into fundamental analysis on Moderna. But if you were to do fundamental analysis of Moderna, <laughs> there are a set of fundamental analysts that believe that Moderna has what it takes to be a 2x or 3x from its current valuation over the next few years based on everything in the pipeline and including additional vaccinations uh, as they continue to expand out and boosters over the next few years. So there certainly is, there is, there are models out there that would substantiate Moderna being a 2-3x from here. I'm I don't get involved with that. I don't care about that. I don't care about fundamentals. All I care about is information and news flow, okay? And I believe that this is a massive tailwind. I'm looking at all the scenarios, massive tailwind. Do I think Delta variant is going to dissipate completely over the next two weeks? No, I don't. Um, do I think it's going to continue to get stronger over the next two weeks in, in the US? Yes, I do. Um, that said, there is one graph I think we, we need to show right now. This is the most important graph for anyone that's making any trade based on Delta variant. And the graph, I don't even know where it exists because the way I get to it, and Jordan, I, I should probably say, use Jordan McCoyne.com. You should have probably sent me a, a link. What, what graph well, no, am I, I supposed Google, to show? I Google COVID <laughs> okay. UK. I Google COVID UK and like two or three things down the page, there's always a graph of, right. of the case count. COVID UK is all I get. Now, the reason why I do the UK is because you, oh, look at that. So, so that looks scary, right? That graph looks scary and it is scary. And it's actually kind of mind numbing that the Delta variant has gotten the case count almost up to the prior peak. Hey, zoom in from all time to like the last month, because I think there is a small trail off i know that's what i'm yeah. saying this it's is the last three days the 30 day, right three so days. if you yeah. yes but that's big jordan that's it what is big. i've been waiting it is big for. that's what i've been waiting for now that well, last especially since drop the, there, the 19th data is a monday so that's true yeah, that's but still the degree of drop i check this chart every yeah. single day because the uk has a high vaccination rate it is the microcosm of the first world, okay? And it, what happens in the UK is likely, in some respect, to be replicated throughout places like the US. So I think this is a good model for what we are going to see. So I think if we see something similar here, we will continue to get a lot worse for the next few weeks. But 
there will be a point in time when we will get better. This is not going to completely spin out of control, the Delta variant. So I was really relieved to see that, guys. And when I saw that drop, it almost made me think that I really need to get on my game for getting a little bit more back into margin. <laughs> not now, not today, not today. Uh, but at some point in the next few weeks, I need to be on my toes and ready to push that margin back up with some of my recovery stocks. I don't feel the timing is now. So I, what I did was I actually shorted uh, a couple recovery stocks. I shorted, um, it's not going great today, but it went awesome yesterday. I shorted Royal Caribbean. And that pains me because, you know, cruisers going to cruise is where it all started here on Dumb Money, right? But I did short Royal Caribbean, uh, I think last Friday and then a little bit more on Monday. And I also shorted yesterday uh, Dave & Buster's, which worked out well yesterday, but not so good today. So um, is Dave & Buster's up today, right? Back up? It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's come back up, but still yeah. lower than it was yeah. two days ago. Yeah, so um listen, it's all it's a small hedge. I also shorted the market yesterday, which again worked out well yesterday. I did it uh right at the open. Um now it's recovered all that, so I'm about pretty close to even. I might even be down on that trade. But again, the reason why I had to put on some of these trades, understand this guys. I did not feel comfortable selling any more of my portfolio because of the tax issue, okay? I just didn't want to sell stocks that I knew I wanted to get back into because I don't want to take that tax hit. So the only way for me to mitigate the risk of being 28% levered still was I, I really didn't want to be 28%. I kind of wanted to be like 20% levered. And the only way for me to mitigate that additional risk is I had to put on a few shorts. I put on a few shorts, okay? I shorted $2 million of SPY and I shorted, I don't know, half a million bucks of Dave and & Buster's and Royal Caribbean. Not that much, maybe 700K. Um, and that's a short-term deal, right? Like that's just maybe for the next few days to next week. It's a mitigating risk hedge that I was able to put to to take some additional leverage off my portfolio without actually selling any more of my portfolio. But Moderna, I think for me, is the strongest Delta variant trade I can make because there are more questions and answers when it comes to the degree that Delta variant will impact recovery stocks and the market at large. But I think it's less debatable the impact it will have on vaccination manufacturers like Moderna. So that's my clean trade. That's the trade I made. Uh, it's going well. I don't expect myself to sell out of Moderna in the next few days to week or two, but it could be something that I'm exiting out of in a few weeks. Um, it really just depends on the cycle of this Delta variant and how close we are to getting to the government releasing news about whether they are going, the CDC is going to endorse or reject uh, the concept of booster uh, vaccinations this fall and winter. So Jordan, what have you done and what would you consider doing in the next week or so? Yeah, like I said, so I was looking, um, I was looking for space to pick up a few more um, shares of XLE and love. Um, because I, I mean, I, I, you know, we'll get through this, right? And so I'm not looking to sell anything. I'm not running up against margins. So that's not a concern for me. Um, I'm definitely not going to sell any of my recovery stocks because I've got such a good price on entry on them that, you know, I mean, maybe we're delayed by three months on some of the, um, you know, on some of the good news coming back. But 
I can live with that. That's not a big deal to me. Um, and so, yeah, I was, I, was, I was also looking at maybe picking up some Boeing because it's taken a hit lately um, for good reason, right? I mean, they're having problems with Dreamliner. They're having problems all over the place. But we know for sure that these airlines are going to have to cut costs um, to stay profitable over time. And that means, you know, refreshing their fleet with, uh, you know, more uh, fuel-efficient planes. Yeah. So, so and I still have I my basically I took my I I just took my overweight uh, in travel stocks off the table. That's all I yeah. did. I kept I kept two, Playa and uh, Airbnb, and I got rid of all the airlines, casinos, and that sort of thing. So that was it was just kind of a clean sweep to take me out of margin, put a little cash on the side to be ready to jump in bigger. And I'm kind of waiting to see what happens because. If, if things, you know, I, I'm ready with a trigger finger to short the SPY the way Chris did, because that's kind of how I would now hedge my portfolio, which very much mirrors the SPY, but in an accelerated way, because I have way more Tesla and uh, Amazon and those sort of stocks than a nice balanced portfolio would. So that's me. Um, I want to make clear, you know, we mentioned this earlier. This is not like a long-term fundamental trade on on Moderna versus another vaccination stock. I, I'm not overthinking the vaccination stock. Moderna is a clear, pure play. I'm not in this for years. I'm in it for weeks, right? And so obviously it's it's very easy to tell that Moderna is the biggest beneficiary here, at least in terms of market's perception on the D variant. And if we think that news cycle is going to continue to spin the next week or two, um, it should continue to be a beneficiary of the news cycle. Um, and in the event that we get boosters, clearly Moderna will be a major perception beneficiary of that in, in the market's eyes. Now, whether you think there's another you know, manufacturer that's better than it's irrelevant to me, guys. I'm not spending the time to do that type of cross analysis. Um, so it's not something that I'm over thinking. And you bought, uh, you bought a short position in Dave and Buster's. Uh, are you concerned about a short squeeze in Dave and Buster's or are you, are you yes. in puts to kind of limit your loss potential? No, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's not a huge short position. And quite honestly, I would, I don't intend to be in that position very long. I just wanted to I wanted to decrease my leverage for a few extra days. That's it. I might be out of that short position tomorrow, quite honestly. I'm not I'm not overly concerned about it. I'm not I do not generally short uh individual stocks right now because of that concern. Like it's just not something that I want to get involved with. Yeah. Uh these are these are very short-term trades and it's really all about leverage and reducing leverage. That's it. So and and um, that is, that's exactly what it is for me. And so the question here, how about personally are you guys on pause and travel for the summer? I am not. I'm uh, headed to California Thursday and then after that I'm going to Maine for a month. So I'm just trying to get out of the heat. It's too hot in Texas. Do you know what the Delta variant has ch how it's changed my behavior? I'll tell you right now. Here's how it's changed my behavior. Uh, I was going to wear a uh, surgical mask on the plane, you know, the blue ones. And thinking about Delta variant, I switched it up for like one of the really strong masks. You know what I'm saying? Like the good ones, hey, the 95s. N94s yeah. or whatever, you know, like the Korean ones I wear. So like for me, that was my change in behavior. Uh, it wasn't a lot. I am going to continue to travel. I have a lot of stuff going on this summer. Uh, I'm fully vaxxed. I feel comfortable that if I get it, the D variant, I will probably survive it. Uh, so, like, I'm f I'm personally fine with it, um, but I do think it will impact different consumers in different ways. 
that will impact perception in different ways. By the way, it's not all about the US. A lot of the travel stocks that we're in, recovery stocks we're in, were heavily dependent upon global travel, whether it's yeah. beer in Europe or whether Canadians and Europeans going down to the Dominican Republic and Jamaica uh, and Mexico in our off season here to support Playa Resorts, which is another one of our big picks. There are all kinds of implications for global travel, which I think is probably most at risk as it relates to D variant. Okay, because think about how conservative Europe is in general when it comes to the pandemic. Like the D variant has really just knocked them on their heels. And listen, I think we're still gonna get the recovery. I think Europe's gonna get the recovery. I think we're all going to get the recovery. It's just not going to be as insanely over the top, right? Beyond our wildest expectations that I was, you know, your your wild your expectation ago. was way wilder than the real expectation, and, and so that's why you were so leveraged. It totally makes sense. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited that Canada is uh, sounding like they're going to open the borders for Americans to go visit next month. That could be exciting. Yeah, for travel well, stuff. Listen, UK man. Freedom Day, Dave. Don't forget about Freedom Day. And. and, and and here's the thing. I think we will probably, and notice I, I use the word probably. I think we will probably figure out our way through D variant over the next two months. Okay. Meaning like we'll settle down. People will get vaccinated. We will wear masks maybe a little bit more than we would have before. Uh, maybe we won't as aggressively go back to concerts and stuff as quickly as we would have before, but they'll still go back to concerts, but everything will be a little less aggressive. Right. But I think we'll work our way through it guys. Um, and that's really important because what I need more than anything else is just a stable market to social arb trade. Um, I am going to moving forward and I hope to, to, to stick with this promise. because so I think I said this last episode and it was a lie because here we are today talking about D variant, but moving forward, I really want to focus on social arb trades. Okay. It's just hard so to do that when there's so much volatility when the VIX is over a certain it, number, we can't even social arb doesn't make sense if the market's yes, volatile. Correct. So we can't do absolutely this. correct absolutely correct but our goal on this channel and by the way i didn't say it yet we're not financial advisors don't trade what we trade poke holes in our thesis do your own research we do not want you to take this as advice because we're not financial advisors this is what we're doing okay but listen guys Going forward, we are going to renew our focus on social ARB because there's a lot of good social ARB out there. Uh, we have earnings season. Uh, there's just all kinds of stuff happening this summer. There are opportunities to social ARB trade, and that's where I want to put my focus. It's just really hard to do that in the middle of this type of volatility. So I hope that over the course of the next few days, the volatility comes down and we can get back to individual single equity social arb trades because that's what we're about. As I said last episode, I might not hold those trades as long. So I might wait to make those trades until we're like a little closer to earnings uh, for each individual stock. But we will start attacking trade by trade. So please continue to have great conversations and put your high conviction reports in the Dumb Money Discord. That's dumbmoney.tv forward slash discord. Please sign up for the public account too, dumbmoney.tv forward slash public, so we can generate revenue for our Discord community. That public pays us, and then we give it to you. Um, I think that accounts at like sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars right now, and you get to vote every week in Discord on what stocks to buy and sell inside of our community. Everything's free; it always is. 
Uh, that's it, guys. Man, I mean, honestly, like, I just want to let you know, I, I made some major tweaks to my portfolio. I brought the leverage down, just like I said I would. Um, I'm in on Moderna for now. And after today's episode, I'm right back. I'm, I'm not going to think about recovery stuff, okay? Like, I'm really not. I'm going to think about social ARB outside of recovery because there's some darn good trades out there. In fact, there's one I want to say right now, but I'm not going to because I want to be our next episode. I want to keep it as a surprise, but I'm super excited to talk about it. A little hint, it's a retailer, okay? It's a retailer and they're doing pretty darn well, I think. So we'll talk about that on the next Dumb Money. Dave, what, are you in town? Can we, when's our next Dumb Money? When can we do one? Next week? Um, later this I week? will be, let me just check the old schedule because uh, I'm going to be gone. I'll be traveling actually on Thursday when we would normally do a show. Um, I can do one on Friday if you'd like. I'll definitely be taking, I'll be back in town the following week. Almost two weeks, so we'll be able to get normal, get kind of on a normal Tuesday, Thursday schedule, and then I will be taking my um, studio with me and the suitcase that I bought for it. So, um, guys, I, I don't know if I should put this in the maybe I can put it in the comment. Maybe you could put it in the comment. Uh, should we announce the special project that we are working on? Uh, it's it's out there with the world. It's out I mean, there. I'm in the video, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, let's 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 talk about it for a minute, guys. Uh, you know, we've been kind of teasing. We're working on numerous early stage private company projects uh, that we'll be announcing over the course of the next few months to the community. Some of them are really exciting. There's one in particular uh, that I'm super pumped about. I mean, Jordan, we haven't spoken to you all that much. I, I've spoken to Dave a little bit about it, but we are working with a creator. In fact, we're working with a whole bunch of creators right now to help them kind of you know, see their vision in creating companies. So a lot of these creators want to create their own companies, their own ventures. And we think the future of venture, the future of ideating companies is going to come less from business people and more from creative people because the creative economy, the creator economy is so powerful with that direct line of influence to millions, if not tens of millions of fans and followers that you can just have a direct outreach to every day. You don't have to market. You don't have to advertise. You just... We're it's, deep it, I think in that, the creator economy. And I that seems to be a trend that is going to only accelerate. Absolutely. So one of the first creator economy companies that we're working on is this amazing creator. His name is Dylan LeMay. You might know him as the Coldstone Kid. He is an ice cream creator, content creator. He worked at Coldstone for like nine years mm -hmm. and he just wears an iPhone around his neck all day and just shows you making ice cream. And he has the most calming voice. It's like ASMR for ice cream. And I'm just addicted to his channel. This kid started taping a year ago and he has 11 million, 10 million followers on TikTok. And he just started on YouTube a few months ago and he's already got a million. God, Dave, why can't we do that? Why can't we do that on Dumb Money? It's crazy. He's, yeah, he started He started a YouTube channel. He had more subscribers than we did in like a day. And yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. So he is... Um, he wants to have his own ice cream store. So we are going to help him open up his own ice cream store in New York. And uh, he just posted a video on YouTube two hours ago. Dave, do you have it? Can you post it in the comments maybe of the yeah, we'll video? Uh, so he posted a video on YouTube. It's a 60 second video and you get it's to a two see minute me. Video. Two minute video. Uh, you get to see us hanging out in New York looking for his ice cream shop. 
but I'll, I'll, you know, I'll tease you. Like this could be way bigger than an ice cream shop. But right, right now it's just an ice cream shop, uh, and uh, it's going to be a really fun project. It's going to take a lot of work, uh, a lot of money, um, and who knows? At some point, we can maybe bring the community into this product, into this project, in a really creative way. We're working on that. Uh, so just stay tuned, but I would highly recommend that all of y'all go follow Dylan LeMay's, uh, YouTube account because he's going to vlog and we'll, dumb money will be in a lot of these vlogs as we develop this project with him in New York. And it's not just an ice cream shop. That's a little teaser. It's going to be a really special place that he's opening up in New York, uh, that I think will just be absolutely game changing and dumb money is, you know, behind the whole project. So excited to see how that goes and we'll share that with the community as well and there might be an opportunity for us as investors and as a community of investors hint hint uh there might be a way for us to get the community involved at some point uh with the project so um were you able to put that in the, in the i, the I posted it in the uh live chat in the we'll, live we'll chat it, we'll, okay i'll post it in the uh description Great. So yeah, we'll put that in the description as well. So highly recommend following uh, Dylan's uh, YouTube account. Uh, and maybe we'll even do some videos on the OG channel, like behind the scenes, the business of how we help creators open up their own ventures uh, and start their own ventures. So a lot more of that to come later this year. But yes, we're doing a lot of travel for that. I'll be back up in New York. We're looking at some more sites. Uh, we hired a design firm, lots of really exciting stuff. It's really expensive to open up an ice cream store in New York. That's what I found out. Like, I don't know how anybody operates a business in lower Manhattan. Like, even post-COVID, it is mind-numbing how expensive it is just to open up a tiny little ice cream shop, man. It's wild. So uh, that's it, guys. Uh, next episode, we have a retailer we want to talk about. And uh, I already bought the stock, and I might buy more. Uh, but that will come either later this week on Friday or early next week on Dumb Money. Is that when we play the theme music and say goodbye? <laughs> sure. Sure. Right. Sounds good. Thanks, thanks for watching, everybody. <laughs> if you haven't smashed the like button, do that on your way out. Anything else? Hey, by the way, give Dumb Money some love on that in the comments of uh, Dylan's video as well. Would really appreciate it. Oh, Let him sure. know that the Dumb Money crew is uh, supporting him and the project. Thank you, guys. All right. We're Dumb Money. We will see you right back here very soon. Subscribe.